Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. Now let's get into the scriptures. Thank you, Joel, regarding the generosity of Jesus. Get ready to take notes as we are entering a season of sacrifice and generosity. Before I get started, I do want to just shoot the elephant in the room with an elephant gun, not with a BB gun. My coach always used to say, if it was a tough tournament, don't don't go hunting elephants with a BB gun, boy. Make sure you've got the weaponry. So I want to kill and just slay that elephant in the room. Oftentimes, and this is it's sad that, it, that this happens this way, but oftentimes we allow the sin of others to tempt us into sin through an overreaction. I've learned and I'm still learning that there are a few phases in the temptation process where the Lord tries to teach us and guard us from. The devil is really amazing at the initial temptation. He has 6,000 years, depending on your old earth or young earth view, or some of you think, anyway, anyways, okay. There's all types of places I could go there. Depending on your view, maybe he has much more than 6,000 years of just messing stuff up, but I don't want to go there. Nonetheless, he's experienced. And oftentimes it comes like a wave of uh, warfare hits us with that initial temptation. He's hoping that we bow our knee there and crumble and fall into uh, his counterfeit blueprint that is always counterfeit to what the Lord has for us. For those of us that do not say yes in the moment, he is, also, he is also very good at using overreaction so that we would fall into a ditch on the other side of the road. Even though it's the other side, it's still a ditch. It's not the road. And our overreaction causes us to sin. I have been, I'm just going to speak clearly to you as your pastor, and I, I don't, this is obviously live, and I say it unapologetically. I have been deeply grieved by fundraising methods that have plagued the church for decades now. It is wrong. It's wrong to take scripture and manipulate it. It's actually demonic. It's exactly what the devil does. He uses scripture to manipulate, right? He did that with Jesus, which... I found it so interesting to me. It makes me laugh, and I've tried to share it a few times at the school, I think maybe a few times here, and it blows me away, but it's yet to blow the crowd away. So I'm going to try again, <laughs> because I've tried it for like four years. and I, uh, It's amazing to me that the enemy uses Psalm 91. Okay to tempt Jesus while he's in the wilderness. And, and, and he actually tells the Lord to jump, listen, to, to, to jump off the pinnacle of the temple, right? 
And listen to the scripture he uses from Psalm 91. He's basically using uh, verses 10 through 12. You can throw that up there. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any, any plague come near your dwelling, for he, remember he says this, he will give his angels charge over you, speaking to Jesus, to keep you in all your ways, lest their, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He actually uses that on the author. All right? And conveniently, this is the part I want to land, conveniently leaves out verse 13. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. That was incredibly convenient for the devil because that had everything to do with him. So the devil is the mat. That was better. That's the best reaction I ever got. And I knew it was good for four years. I knew it was good. And finally, I feel like you're getting there. All right. I knew. I just knew it was good. All right. Now, that is the method of the enemy. He takes scripture, manipulates it, and twists it. And it's very, very clear. People have done that with fundraising. It is wrong. It is wrong to take a scripture that has nothing to do with money and make it about money. However, it is also wrong to pretend that the scriptures do not talk about money. Both are sinful. Yes or no? If someone tells you if you give $84.22, you get an 8,422 square foot house, run. (laughs) Now that stuff has happened. I've seen it happen. I've corrected people. It hasn't happened here. It will never happen here. I've corrected people, very well-known people. Uh, Their response to me was never biblical. In in other words, I would give them scripture and they would come back with an opinion. Scripture always beats our opinion. And For instance, to take a, a word, to take a passage that is regarding the seed of the Messiah, Christ Jesus Himself, and use it for an offering is wrong. Well, it could be right principally, but to say, to negate the fact that it's speaking of the seed of the Lord and use it to only talk about money is incorrect. However, however, God is very clear regarding the seed in certain passages that do apply to money. So what I would like us to do before I get started, and maybe some of you are nervous, hopefully you trust me, but it's my job to pastor you, uh, I mean, it's not my job to make you my fan. It's my job to pastor you. It's my job to teach you the Bible. That's what I'm going to do. And if the Bible isn't challenging us, we're not seeing it properly. If the Bible doesn't stretch us, We are not seeing the Bible as the Holy Word of God. How many of you know God is smarter than us? All right. So what I want us to do before I walk down this road, that is a holy road. And by the time I'm done, you're going to see that once we look at the scriptures together, you are going to see the generosity of Jesus that he invites us into as a sacred invitation that is holy. It is a matter of holiness. But before we walk this road, I want us all to covenant in our hearts that the Bible wins here. 
50% yes. If the Bible doesn't win, who's winning? It's either you or culture, which are just a bunch of yous. <laughs> culture outside of the kingdom is just one fallen mind educating another fallen mind that spreads like wildfire. That's all that is. So can we just make a decision as a church family that if the scriptures are clear, Jesus image church says yes and amen. Can we do that? Okay, have I, have I won your trust that you believe I will faithfully and rightfully divide the word of God to the best of my ability and that it would stand on the history and foundation of the church from its earliest days? Do you believe that that's my motive? All right, then let's walk the road together. All right, get your pen out or in a pad. I mean, if you've got to type, then whatever. Just keep backsliding. <laughs> All right, number one, I want you to write this down. Generosity finds its root system and origin in the heart of God himself. Amen. Say amen. amen. That means that our view of generosity, our view of giving, listen carefully, must be exemplified and seen in the Lord. We must see it in him. We must have a theology for giving. We need a theology for it. And what's happened is, unfortunately, in our generation, especially Gen Z, millennials, we've seen excess, and so we have overreacted by becoming chintzy. Another word for chintziness is greed, which is a sin. Just like excess is a sin doctrinally around this subject, so is greed. So our, our, our perspective must be found in God himself via Holy Scripture. I'm going to say that again the same way. Our perspective of on giving, our perspective regarding generosity must be found in God himself via the Bible. Amen? Amen? That being said, we need to look no further than Jesus. Because Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus, you've heard this 10 million times here. I don't feel like I'm wasting my time by saying it again. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That's what Paul told the Colossians. Hebrews 1, he is the express image of the glory of God, the very brightness of his glory. So Jesus is God's heart incarnate. John says he has come from the bosom of the Father. He is the heartbeat of the Father. He is the exact representation of the Father. Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, Philip, have you been with me so long? 
Don't you understand that to see me is to see the Father? I and the Father are one. So our view of anything in the faith must be embodied, flushed out, and lived out through the life of Jesus. Say, Jesus is perfect theology. Now let's look at John 3, verses 14 through 17. I love John 3, 16. I pray it over my children every night. And if I, if I do the other scriptures and forget, we, do, we have about 30 that we, we use. If I leave John 3, 16 out, it doesn't matter if I do five others. And I, I lay hands on my kids and I declare these scriptures over them every night and in the morning. And Sophia will say, you forgot John 3.16. She, she won't go to bed without John 3.16. I love John 3.16. Now, Ryan, could you and Amy grab a mic just to help me? I'll read through this. Can we put that up on the screen? We'll start in verse 14. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. I'm sorry. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved, so how? What is so pointing to? The prior verse. It means in this way. This is how God loved the world. By the way, the serpent was lifted up on the pole. I'll get to that in a moment. For God so loved the world, in other words, pointing back to verse 14, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have, ever, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Say thank you, Jesus. How did God give his son? The comparison, as I said earlier just now, is verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent, in other words, the cross. The method by which God has chosen to demonstrate his generosity is verse 14, the lifting up of Jesus who became sin and died on the cross. God is the ultimate giver. The Father is the ultimate giver, so much so that he proved it by offering his son to die. The word give in, in verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave, I should say, it doesn't mean he just gave away. Like here, take this, I'm going to give that to you. I guess that would be generous to a degree. But we're talking about a much deeper, deeper generosity, a much more holy act of giving. He offered him as you offer an animal to die. He offered his son to die on the cross. That is extreme generosity. Now Paul writes to the church, if God gave his own son, if God offered up his own son, what good thing would he withhold from us? Because he has nothing or nobody better. When he offered Jesus to die, it cost him everything. I mean, he signed the check that emptied out the whole account. And it has been his plan prior to the conception of the ages. So I'm saying this for a reason. The God we serve 
The God you say is your Lord is the God who gives away everything right off the bat. It must be found in him. Uh, Ryan, you turn to 1 Timothy 2.6. Amy, would you turn to Galatians 1.4. 1 Timothy 2. Actually, um, Amy, you're going to read first. Galatians 1.4. Let's talk about what the Lord gave and what that accomplished for us. Galatians 1.4. Who gave himself for our sins. Stop a minute. Who gave what? Himself. Look no further than Jesus. What has Jesus given us? Himself. How valuable is Jesus? How valuable is Jesus? Everything. And according to Galatians 1.4, why did he give himself? What was it for? Our sins. So number one, he gave himself to take our sin away. Thank you, Lord. That should really amaze you. It should amaze you that your slate has been made clean. Though our sins were as scarlet, they are white. We are white as snow. It should blow you away that our sins have been removed from us as far as east is from the west. You should be grateful that your sins have been thrown into a sea of forgetfulness. That is a mighty accomplishment, I said. Now, it was not, I should say it this way, while it was a free reception on our end, it cost him everything. Because he gave himself to accomplish that. Ryan, would you please read, I'm going to switch it up here. Would you read Ephesians 5.2? says and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given him and what say it talk to me church and what given Given. keep reading Ryan given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling okay stop he has given himself given given away himself for what to offer his father a sweet smelling fragrance That while we who were enemies under the Lord, that our lives would be like a sweet smelling aroma before the Father. What was the price? The giving of himself. Say Jesus is generous. generous. Did I give you a verse, Amy, already? Another one? Okay. Amy, I want you to read Titus 2. Titus 2. Verse 14. So number one, he gave himself to remove our sin. Number two, he gave himself so that we would be an offering or a sweet smelling fragrance. Here's number three. Who gave himself gave for what? us. Come on, y'all got to talk to me. This is a Jesus school session now. <laughs> gave what? Himself. How valuable is Jesus? Say everything. Okay, keep reading, Amy. That he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Okay, stop. He gave himself to remove the penalty of the law. 
which is death. It's not like you got a citation. We're talking about eternal death. It's a big deal. You didn't get it, you know, you don't do like 20 days in jail with on that one. You break the law, you're eternally damned. That's the penalty. The, the, the law is actually called sin and Jesus gave himself to remove and deliver us from the penalty of breaking God's law. Thank you, Lord. By the end of this teaching, tears are going to be flowing in here. This is wonderful. The holy word of God. Number two, he gave, I shouldn't say number two. Number four, he gave himself, according to Titus 2, to purify us for himself. By Jesus giving himself away to us, number four is, he has purified us. Is anybody thankful for that? Hmm. Now I want you to read, uh, Ryan, 1 Timothy 2.6. It says, Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Okay. He gave himself to purchase us. I'm not sure we understand how in love Jesus is with us. He gave himself to purchase or ransom us, to make us his, listen, his own. Say, I belong to Jesus. Say, I do not belong to the world. That's good news, because it's buck wild out there. They're losing their minds. Yes or no? All right, that's really good news. That's not the family you want to be a part of. They can't call up, down, or down, up. You know? I mean, you know it's bad out there when the Gators lose to Kentucky. All right? I'm in mourning. I brought, I brought my Gators to the altar this morning. I'm about to lay down on my face and just rub it on in the carpet. So we need help. And if they're watching, I love you. Come on. Start fasting and praying. Let's go, boys. All right. He purchased us. He purchased us. And listen, you no longer, you no longer belong to the kingdom of darkness. But it's not because of you. It's not because you chose to be good. No, 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 no. According to 1 Timothy, the price was him. Say, Jesus is a giver. And he gives himself away. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Galatians 2.20. Amy, Galatians 2.20. Is this okay this morning? I'm going to go for another 15 minutes. So, God bless you. (laughs) Are you enjoying it? You've got to see it in Jesus. We've got to start the foundation. Go ahead. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself and for what? me. How do you know he loved you? He gave himself. What does this mean? He now stands in my place. Oh. He sits 
at the right hand of the Father as me. For me and as me. We call that the priestly ministry of Jesus. Or the representative ministry of Jesus. What does it mean to represent? To re-present. To present again. So Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, fully man and fully God, but the fact that he is fully man forever, the Father sees us in his Son. The Father, listen, in the most beautiful way, oh, I feel the Lord, in the most beautiful way, has a soft spot in his heart for humanity and a mercy that burns in his heart for humanity because his son is fully man and he has a, an immeasurable love for the beauty of his son. And you have gotten wrapped up into that. You are in Christ. <laughs> That's what that means. The Father does not ever deal with the church outside of his dealings with his Son. For the church is the body of his Son. We are more one than the air is one with itself. Amazing. What was the price? Say, he gave himself. A lot of giving going on. There's a lot of giving going on, I said. There's been a lot of giving that has taken place. Lastly, uh, who read last? Ryan, Luke 22, verses 19 through 20. It says, And he broke bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for which you. Which is what? Given. given. This is my body, which is given for you. Lastly, I hope you're taking notes. Lastly, he gave himself that we might experience Holy Communion. All right, now this one is going to, you're going to get just blasted here. Every time you walk these aisles, which will happen in a few moments, and you take the body and blood of Jesus, he is once again giving himself to you. But not like, here's a part of me. He's giving himself to you like this every time you walk these aisles. He offers himself in the most glorious and lowly way he knows, which is to offer his broken body and shed blood to you, which is Calvary, every single time you receive the body and blood of Jesus. So he hasn't merely given himself to us. He gives to this day himself to us. Every time you receive communion, he offers himself to us. That's why he said, do this often, often in remembrance of me. Relive it. 
When you walk those aisles, in a sense, you are walking to the foot of the cross. Where this bridegroom offers his body and blood that we would be one with him. That's marriage. Say, he gave himself and still gives himself. Have I proven to you via the Bible that Jesus is a giver? Forget about the fact. And it's wonderful. I haven't even touched on the fact that he gives our bodies his healing power. That he gives our minds his own peace. Come on. That he takes our, our personal weakness and makes them strength so that he would get glory. Isn't that wonderful? That he takes my scattered mind and offers me his stillness. That he takes my fear. I, my greatest fear was public speaking. My whole life. And he confounds the wise through our own weakness. And everything changes when the Holy Spirit comes upon somebody. So he gives his power to the fearful. Gives his boldness uh, to, to the shy. This is what he did for Peter. Yes, he gives these elements of himself away. I could talk about all that. But it's all included and discussed and finds its home in this. He gave himself to it. You can't give more than you. Hallelujah. So Jesus is generous. Ah, okay. What else does the Lord give? Oh, man. His spirit to us. Do you realize he gives his spirit to us? That's better than a car. That's, it's, it's, it's better than a building. We need the building, but that's better than the building because the spirit is the Lord. John three thirty four. Listen. For he whom God has spent or sent speaks the words of God for he gives the spirit without measure. Would you please, before I come down there and just tackle someone, <laughs> would you please for a moment ponder who the Holy Spirit is? Start there and then I give you full permission to ponder the fact that he has been given to you. <laughs> I'm talking about the same Holy Spirit who hovered over the face of the deep when there was absolute darkness, when there was absolute void, when there was absolute chaos, when there was absolute death. If the Bible says something is chaotic and void, you don't want to be there. It's really bad. If the Bible calls something dark, it's dark. You cannot see. When something is called empty by the scriptures or being void, it is an empty, empty, empty place. It's beyond description. What's God's remedy? The move of the Spirit. The hovering of the Spirit. That same Holy Spirit has been given to us. And He is not an it. He is a person. The same Holy Spirit, according to Gabriel's words, that hovered over Mary... In the same way he hovered over the earth. Hovered over her without killing her. That's a miracle. The same Holy Spirit that took 
the word of God, the pre-incarnate word of God, and put him into the womb of the Virgin Mary, that same Holy Spirit given to us. Given to us. You ready? For he gives the Spirit without measure. Obviously, this is speaking of the Lord Jesus. However, Jesus has given us his very Spirit. And if, you have, if you're not indwelt of the Spirit, you can't even be saved. You can't have a church. John 4.14 But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give, say give, Give. him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus has given us his spirit that springs up to eternal life. I'm talking about God when I talk about the Holy Spirit. Acts 15.8 Say, say this. Say, the Lord gives the Spirit. The Lord gives the Spirit. Mm. Don't you tell me the, the Lord is chintzy. You don't give the third person of the Godhead to your bride because you are cheap. You don't. You don't give your blood on a tree because you're cheap. You don't give yourself away for someone who hates you because you're cheap. You don't give yourself to a man named Paul or Saul at the time who's trying to kill the ones you love because you're cheap. If you give you away, that is the epitome of generosity. Acts 15.8 And God who knows the heart testified to them by doing what? Giving. Say giving. Giving them who? The Holy Spirit. Acts eleven seventeen. You should have stretched out your fingers this morning. Carla will lead a class in the morning. Early. Get our fingers warmed up so we can turn the pages quicker. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift, say gave. gave. Speaking of, this is the church meeting, speaking of the church trying to deal with the fact that the Holy Spirit is falling on Gentiles, if God gave to them the same gift that he gave to us after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? God gave the Spirit to those who heard the gospel. Romans 5.5. Oh, I love this one. Are you enjoying this meal? And hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out. That's called giving. The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was... Say it out loud. Is this a funeral? Come on. Who was given? Given. How does God... Uh, How does God share his love with us? By giving himself to us. Thank you, Lord. So friends, God is simply a giver. Oh, I've got more. I I got a ton more. But I I, I I want this to be just a quick little segue. God, write this down. 
God gives more easily than we breathe. It's just who he is. I am most depressed, me personally, Michael, when I am most about me. I really am. When I am down, I'm like, I need to put cash in my pocket. I'm not joking. I need to put cash in my pocket today and go for a ride and find someone to give this to. I start to die inside when life becomes about me. If revelation becomes about me, if what God is showing me is only about me and I never give it away, something it stirs in me. It doesn't feel right. I'm most alive when I am most sacrificial. That is a word. All right, let's hit hyperspeed here. We'll land the plane. 1 Corinthians 2.12. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. God will give you back when you give. It's in his word. Regardless of how uncomfortable that makes people, would it make my life easier from a preaching perspective? Sure, but it's there. My job is to be faithful to the scripture. I'm dying on that mountain. It is there. It's up to us to wrestle with it. But when people do receive back, I never see them crying about it, by the way. Even the people who criticize it. They're preaching in big buildings that cost millions their books are being sold. So there is a bit of hypocrisy involved when uh, we attack God's desire to prosper his people, but we enjoy it. Just saying. However, our motive isn't to get back. Because the scripture says here in 1 Corinthians 2 that these things have been given freely to us. That means we give freely. God keeps way better receipts than we do. Galatians 3.5 So then does he who provides you with the Spirit say he gives me the Spirit and works miracles among you does he do it by the works of the law or by faith? So once again he gives the Spirit. Now write these down. I'm not going to read these verses for the sake of time. Luke eleven thirteen. Oh, I got to read this one. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's saying, if you want to give good things to your kids, how much more would your Father give the Spirit? And you say, well, he's talking about the Spirit there. Uh, why would he want to give? You don't understand. If he gives you the spirit, everything lives within that holy treasure chest. All right, now let me give you the, the references. Acts 2.38. 1 Thessalonians 4.8. 2 Corinthians 1.22. Second Corinthians five five. 
Acts 5.32. Now, the Father has given his Son to us. The Father has given the Spirit to us through Jesus. Jesus has given himself to us. This is amazing. We see all members of the Trinity involved in giving Now, what does the Holy Spirit give? Life. Life. The Nicene Creed, the Holy Creed of the Church, says we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Well, I have a question. How valuable is life? The Holy Spirit is the giver of life. The Holy Spirit gives us the graces of God or the gifts That's 1 Corinthians 12. That these gifts are given to us and it's the Holy Spirit who chooses. And by the way, sometimes he gifts really annoying people. I can get hung up on it and think, why do you gift weird people, Lord? Can't you just gift the normal people? The nice people? Why does he gift them? He's generous. They're his children. Parents, do you understand that one? How many of you know you don't give your children gifts because of their perfection? Though they're responsible for stewarding them once they're in their hands. But the motive of giving is love. The Spirit gives Himself. I don't want you to look at these gifts as being separate from the Spirit. They are the graces of the Spirit. They are the manifestations of who He is. So He too gives Himself to the church through the graces of the Spirit. Lastly, Joel, if you could help me, the Holy Spirit gives the testimony of Jesus. And Jesus said in John 15, 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. Lastly, what, what does the Holy Spirit give us? The revelation of Jesus. Which is life itself. Because of this, because of this, I can say to everybody here, hopefully, you, how many of you feel like I built a foundation here in this session regarding the character of God and who he is as a giver? Okay, this is what I want to leave us. If he, your father, if Jesus, your savior, if the Holy Spirit, your comforter, all have given themselves away and you call yourself a child of God, are you like them? And are you a giver? If, we, if God does not have our time, our resources, yes, our money and our giftings, If he doesn't have our money, he doesn't have the entirety of our life. Just not true. But Christians are the giving ones because their father is the giving one. Amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online 
every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit JesusImage.tv.